baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and it is now, what the hell day is it? It is the 11th day of March 2017, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from the Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Your pal Sully's worked a long night tonight, but I, I decided I'm, I'm really going to make an effort here and not let this day go by without this podcast because it's a special one. 1,600 consecutive days and not missing a day. 1,600. Like the White House, this is 1,600. And it's, you know, there's been days where sometimes, like, are we going to continue doing it? Are we going to continue doing it? And I'm going to plow through, folks, because there's a lot of stuff to do and a lot of stuff to talk about. And it's a Saturday. Saturdays are becoming a new tradition here on the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. And this one's not going to be any different. Uh, I still haven't determined what the hell I'm calling this uh, series. Someone suggested the woulda, coulda, shoulda. I'm calling it the teams that should have. Right now I'm sticking with the teams that should have won. If anyone has any other ideas, let me know. I've done the Red Sox. I've done the Braves. Now... I, I'm making an effort right now to try to get the teams that I would most likely talk about out of the way. Obviously, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, and people accuse me of talking about the Red Sox too much. I did the Braves because I had a definite point of view of which Braves team I wanted to do. But today I'm doing the New York Yankees, and soon I'll also do the Giants, I'll do the A's, I'll do the Indians. And I'll do the Pirates, all teams I talk about a lot. And one of the reasons why I'm doing that is inevitably every year someone says, you just talk about the same teams all the time, even though I do cover every single team. But now you know I'm going to. The teams I'm going to talk about in spring training are the ones that I talk about ad nauseum. Now, I'm probably the Braves are probably not one of those teams, so I promise I'll do at least one Braves podcast during the regular season. They're going to have a new stadium. There's going to be stuff to talk about. And let's give them something to talk about. But by designing doing it this way, chances are, who are some of the teams you don't think are going to be in the postseason this year? Barring a miracle, the Diamondbacks, Twins, Padres, um, who are some other teams that are probably going to be bottom dwellers? You know, I mean, there's uh, the Reds, I think, are going to be terrible. Phillies aren't there yet. So you're going to see a bunch of teams, and I'm going to keep those in my back pocket as we get further and further down the line. And so, you know, this is going to go on for another, I don't know, 27 weeks. And that's going to go deep into the season, 27 weeks, Will. 
And so you know that we'll be late in the season. And chances are the Padres are going to be a minor league team by that point with all the, you know, the call-ups they'll have. And yet you know I'm going to be doing a podcast about one of those teams down the stretch. So please keep that in mind if you find yourself tippy-typing. You always talk about the same team. No. And I'm finding ways to make sure that I won't. Now, the Yankees are a team where the suffering of the fan base has to be graded on a curve. The Yankees have not won a World Series since 2009. They've won one World Series since 2000. Now, there are some fan bases that make you say the proverbial boo F and who to that. Team in Cleveland, team in Houston, team in Seattle, team in Washington, we're all going like, oh, really? Oh, they've all only won since 2000. Oh, what a, what a tragedy. And, of course, the Yankees went on a great run in the late 1990s and early 2000s. There have been gaps in Yankee glory. Now, the arrival of Babe Ruth started off the greatness of the Yankees, and you saw them winning titles. I mean, they they went to several World Series in the 20s, a bunch of World Series in the 30s, a bunch in the 40s, a bunch in the 50s, and a bunch in the first half of the 1960s. But... Between 1974 and 1976, there were no Octobers in the Bronx. Again, boo and who, but that was a stretch. Between 1981 and 1995, there were no Octobers in the Bronx. In fact, when I was growing up, my initial memories were the Yankees were in the World Series and a constant pennant contender. But between 82 when I was 10... And 1995, when I was 23. Those are some formative effing years. And imagine a Yankee fan my age would go through their entire time in junior high school, their entire time in high school, and their entire time in college without seeing a single playoff game. And now you're looking at the Yankee team, which could very well be a very competitive team over the next bunch of years, but they've not really been a big contender for the last bunch of years. They made the wild card game once. Not a soul thought they were going to go deep into that year's postseason. And, you know, they missed the playoffs in 13, 14. They missed it last year. And, you know, they could win the division this year, but they probably won't. They probably won't. And they're probably a year, maybe two years away from having a legitimate playoff team. This is the Yankees. If you came of age in this decade, you know, you've seen your team win two postseason series, both of them division series. You're looking around and say, well, the Giants go to more World Series. The Rangers go to more World Series. Geez, the Mets and the Cubs have had more pennants this decade. And that's weird. So, the idea of Yankee misery is, of course, relative. But there is real um, angst for a couple elements for the Yankees. Now, remember, this is a series where I take a look 
at the year where a championship would have been perfect. It would have been a year that the fan base would have said, that's one of our most beloved teams ever. In terms of not just the winning of a title, but the combination of the players and of the story that happened on that team. And even if they had won soon afterwards or maybe a few years before, it doesn't make up for the fact that that team that I'm bringing up is the one that should have won. Using the example of the Braves, the 93 Braves were the team that should have won. That would have been the perfect Venn diagram of narrative, of cast, of the way the season unfolded. And yes, they won the World Series two years later, but there are some key cast members who are gone. And if they had won two years prior, it would have been perfect. Just perfect. But the Yankees, which Yankee team? Now, I did some searching about this, and I'm sure I've asked a couple Yankee fans this question. And I'm also sure that there's some people who will violently disagree with me. I was trying to think of some potential years that would fit into this category. Um, Going back to 1960, when they lost to the Pirates, the one reason I would say that is the Bill Mazeroski homer was for people of my mom's generation was the the thing that made Yankee fans grind their teeth. Um, And it was Casey Stengel's last year. And the Yankees absolutely clobbered the Pirates in the World Series that year. But the Pirates won the World Series. When the Yankees won, the games were blowouts. When the Pirates won, the games were close. But alas, for Yankee fans, it was a very bitter loss. So I thought of that one. I also thought of 1981, the split season year. It was the last year of Reggie, but it also had, it was the first year of Dave Rigetti. It was the first year of Dave Winfield. Two players would be prominent in Yankee lore in the 1980s. Also, it was Bobby Mercer. Bobby Mercer made his first World Series appearance and his only World Series appearance. And he was a Yankee who had terrible timing that he arrived just as the dynasty was wearing down in the 60s and was traded away just before the Yankees started going back to the World Series, and the Yankees acquired him just after they continued winning World Series. So he was with the Yankees for all those years except for when they won the World Series. It was the last year of Reggie as well. And it was, there was a sense of this was going to be a swan song. And they were up to nothing, and... Bob Lemon made some interesting choices, including using George Frazier in every close situation. So I can imagine that would be a year. The strike year of 1994, where the Yankees were putting together, I mean, they were in first place and the best record in the American League. Uh, I am not so quick to say they were a cinch to win the World Series that year because... First of all, the Montreal Expos were wonderful, and also so were the Chicago White Sox. You know, it probably, I mean, it would not have surprised me if that season was played to to its conclusion if the World Series would have been Montreal versus Chicago. But the Yankees still had a fine team, and like Bobby Mercer, they had Don Mattingly 
who was their star during their leanest of years and finally starting to put together a chance to win and have the strike pull the rug underneath him. Imagine if there wasn't a strike and the Yankees did win the World Series. Chances are Buck Showalter remains the manager of the team for years and years, and there is no Tory era for the Yankees, and Tory's never in the Hall of Fame. He just remembers the guy who won the MVP, managed a little bit, did some announcing, had a nice career. He was nice instead of being a beloved world champion Yankee. Speaking of Showalter, 95, when they were three outs away from winning what was one of the greatest, absolute greatest playoff series in the history of baseball, which was the Seattle-New York uh, Division Series in 1995, and ended with a two-run double by Edgar Martinez. If they had won that, I mean, that would have been a Showalter championship, a Don Mangley championship. Perhaps that's it because it ended in such a horrible way and was going to be a a redemption or, for the lack of a better term, sort of making up for the strike year. As it turned out, they won in 96, and the 96 team became the beloved team. But it didn't have Mattingly. It didn't have Mike Stanley. It didn't have a bunch of players who were really, really good Yankees. Now, of course, the Tory years brought tons of excitement and everything. The... 2000, I'm sure some Yankee fans might say 2004 because that was the year the Red Sox pulled the rug from under them. And if the Yankees had won that, the curse would still be on. And it also would have been, had the Red Sox, if, if everything else had fallen into place and the Red Sox won in 2007 and 2013, Yankee fans would still have to hang over them. Hey, you haven't beat us you, know, you won when other teams were in the way. You know, not the Yankees. You still haven't beat us. And instead, it turned into not only did the Red Sox win, they won the most humiliating way you can imagine. So I'm sure some Yankee fans might say 2004. But I'm going to say that if there's one year that Yankee fans would probably look at and say, man, I know there's been 27 titles. I know all this, that, and the other thing. But why couldn't they have won in 2001? I bet if I came up to any Yankee fan and said, you get to trade the 1999 World Series, which nobody remembers. Nobody remembers. The one highlight of that World Series was Chad Curtis's walk-off home run, and he's now a sex offender. So it's not like you're going to watch that. It's like, oh, man, there, where's Chad? Oh, yeah, he's awful. It was a sweep of the Braves. It was an uneventful World Series, save for that Game 3. And Game 1 was an okay game, but it was an uneventful World Series. Braves were sloppy. Glavin was ineffective. You know, it was a coronation for Roger Clemens. But, you know, if you had said, okay, you, you could trade that one in for 2001. And you say that year the Braves won the World Series in, in 99 or, or the Mets or someone else. Then, but you get the 2001 World Series. I don't think there's a Yankee fan alive who would take that. I was in New York in 2001. And, I, and I've talked about how I feel badly about how I acted because I vehemently wanted to see the Yankees get eliminated. I hated the Yankees. 
And the Yankees had won three straight World Series titles. And the A's looked like they were a super incredible team. But then the Jeter flip. And then the Mariners won 116 games, and they looked like a team of destiny. Yankees beat them in five. And then you had the Diamondbacks with Schilling and Johnson. But it got to game seven of the World Series with Mariano Rivera on the mound after two of the most dramatic games you'll ever see in games four and five. And I was pissed. And when the Diamondbacks wound up winning the World Series, I was jubilant. And I don't regret the fact that I was rooting against the Yankees. I regret the fact that I didn't understand what it meant to Yankee fandom because at the time I'm a Red Sox fan. I I couldn't, I just want to see them win one. And the Yankees had won three in a row, four in the last five years. I made the jokes, oh, what a tragedy it would be if the Yankees hadn't won their first World Series in months. But now, with some distance and with some more mature mindset, I was in my 20s when that happened. I'm now in my 40s. I've seen my team win three world championships, including one that wasn't quite in the direct shadow of what happened in New York. Obviously, what happened in 9-11 was something that was just world-altering. I was there. I was in New York on September 11th. And what those Yankee victories meant to the fan base and what a Game 7 victory would have meant for the Yankees. Just, I was thinking about baseball in a vacuum. I hate the Yankees. I want to see the Yankees lose. If they won, oh, it's great, four in a row. You know, you know, five in six years. Is that even fun for you? But in retrospect, what that would have meant. Now, again, in a vacuum, I still am glad the Diamondbacks won. Game seven was a spectacular finale, and there are a crapload of players who won their first and only world championship in a Diamondbacks uniform. Some are longtime veterans. Mark Grace, Randy Johnson, Reggie Sanders, Steve Finley, Matt Williams, Tony Womack, Mike Morgan, for God's sakes. A ton of players who finally got their ring after long, long careers. And so there's something wonderful about that in a vacuum. But what that would have meant, the euphoria, the symbolism, the parade of happiness, and the way they would have won, defeating that upstart A's team with the symbol of Jeter's flip, Defeating the Seattle Mariners, who have a feeling that that 2001 team may show up in this series when it comes when it comes to talking about what Mariner team should have been the one to win. And the way that they finally, look, they didn't solve Schilling. Schilling had a great game, but Alfonso Soriano hit that home run and gave him the lead. And that they would slay that final dragon or snake or whatever it is you want to say. 
and what that would have meant. And also, Soriano. Now, Soriano was on the 2000 team, but he didn't play in the World Series that year. He didn't play in the post. He was on the postseason roster. He was the young, new budding star in 2001. Mike Messina joined the team that year. He never won a World Series. They won the World Series just before he arrived and just after he left. He's very Don Mattingly that way. He managed to pitch in two World Series along the way. But this would have been his title. And you look at that Yankee squad. And yeah, it would have been another one on the pile. Four in a row. But that would have matched the Joe McCarthy years. Winning four in a row. Having a chance to go to five. Getting a chance to match Stengel. But more importantly, to follow through and have the highlight that people remember about the 2001 World Championship be a parade in New York as opposed to Luis Gonzalez jumping up and down. And let's face it, Tony Womack and his incredibly underrated hit where he got the double that tied the game off of Rivera. But I digress. It's always dangerous when a Red Sox fan tries to speak for Yankee fans, but I don't think I'm out of line. I don't think I'm out of line that if there is a World Series a year, the Yankee fans wish, oh, man, that would have been great. Because it was also the end of Paul O'Neill. It was also the end of Scott Brocious. It was the last year of Tino Martinez. And everyone knew that Brocious and O'Neill were going to be gone. And when the Yankees made the courtship for Gerard, uh, uh, Giambi, it was the end of Tino, although Tino did return eventually. So it was a sense that this was the last hurrah for this specific group. And people never let the new cast of characters forget. Whoever they put in right field wasn't O'Neill. Whoever they put at third base, I think his name was Rodriguez, was not Brocious. Whoever they put at first base, forget it, Giambi. You're not Tino. And the fact that Brocious and Tino both hit dramatic game-tying home runs were ways to say goodbye the ultimate goodbye. So baseball isn't played in a vacuum. And I don't make these determinations of which teams should have been the one to win. And it's strange you're lamenting not winning four straight. But it isn't just about baseball on this one. And Yankee fans, tell me if I'm wrong, but the team I'm guessing you wish should have won with the 2001 Yankees. Let me know which team you want included in this particular series. And go to sullybaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, Reverend, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been episode number 1,600 of the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.